to Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. Holy buckets. We are back. Uh, I was thinking during this interview, uh, very good one, by the way, that I love the diversity of just sheer diversity of our show, Corey. Like age, obviously, species, and every part's in between. Like it, it's it's really, really neat because our buddy here, Caleb, I, I, was, I was impressed. Don't know him, um, but man, I'm anxious to, to talk to him a little bit more at the next show. Yeah, no, no question. It's uh, it's a good one. We cover some pretty fun topics, also, which we will get to here in a bit. But Trevor, let's talk about some of our favorite people. And if you are a longtime listener of Stock Talk Podcast, you have heard us every every single week, pretty much since the inception of this podcast, which just goes to show how forward thinking this crew is. And I'm talking about the fine people in Walton, Indiana. At Walton Webcasting, mm-hmm. good they, stuff. They they just recently webcasted a show in Florida. That's right. Their show's happening still all over the country. Believe it or not, and uh, you want to talk about an opportunity capitalized upon by the crew in Walton. Uh, they they just do an awesome job. They have been showing you livestock like you've never seen before with incredible videography work. And might I also add that they just don't webcast events. That's true. If you need, if you need a promo video done, give those people a call. They're, they're fine folks. They're great at what they do. Walton webcasting. Thank you for your continued support of Star Talk podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, and also another good supporter of course is show cattle connection. They've been a premier site for uh, both buying and selling your show cattle. Um, if you just go down and look through the list of ambassadors that they have, I'm not sure why you would go anywhere else. Uh, top of the line industry folks that are there for you if you're new and would like to sell your cattle or if you're new to the, the platform in general and want to buy them. These are the people you want to get in in tune with. Show Cattle Connection. Check it out. Uh, we have shared some of their stuff on social media, and they are, like Walton, a very early supporter of the show. We appreciate you. I mean, I've been saying it for weeks. Uh, frozen genetic sales are top of mind for a lot of cattle producers. So um, why, why go anywhere else? Just go to Show Cattle Connection um, to either host your frozen genetic sale or to buy frozen genetics on cattle as well. That's right. Corey, um, we told our listeners last week, um, going to take a break for the ad reads real quick. We got a lot of exciting stuff happening. And we told them last week, gave them a little teaser, that um, we're going to break some news. So I am most excited for many reasons. But I'm going to let you start because I've known this for a while. And um, let's just hit them with it. Well, um, I will tell you folks that if you follow me on social media, uh, you you do know uh, at least one of two things that I could break news about now. Officially, um, I'm going to be a father. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I'm so pumped. I am so pumped. <laughs> hey, Dad. Man, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Taylor and I 
are going to have our firstborn in April of 2021. And uh, I tell you what, I could not have picked a better human to be the mother of my child. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you don't know gender or you're not going to go find out, correct? We are not. Yeah, we're not going to find out. Um, We we are. I was I was against it at first. I'm not gonna lie, mm-hmm. because um, I don't really plan for a whole lot in in life. Uh, I feel like a lot of times <laughs> I just kind of um, fly by the seat of my pants. I'm, I'm a go with the flow kind of guy. But when I found out we were pregnant, like I, I was like, whoa! I uh, what are we having? What are we doing here? <laughs> uh, this is this is this is big. So this was a life event that I was totally wanting to be prepared for. And my wife, who between us is the planner, the um, the accountant, the manager, the needs to have all the details figured out person, doesn't want to know. And I was blown away by that. So we're not going to know, obviously, because uh, you know she is she is the queen of my double wide trailer. There you go. Speaking of double wide trailer, uh, I don't think you have one of those. No. No, Taylor and I also just bought a house. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and, uh, and just got moved in over Thanksgiving weekend. So, yeah, big stuff happening in the Edge household now. Um, I will also say, uh, let me tell you folks, you fine folks that listen to Stock Talk, if you're curious, how my wife told me that we were pregnant. So, if you remember a while back, um, I talked about it on the show. I judged my first show in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Just so happened while I was there, it was a, a two-day show. Uh, the morning of the second day, I am uh, sitting in my my uh, rental car, getting ready to pull out of the hotel, and uh, my phone rings. It's Taylor. I'm like, oh, okay. I got some time on my drive over to the fairgrounds. So I could talk to her. Um, put the vehicle in reverse, and and uh, I know I knew that she just went to get COVID tested because she had been uh, feeling kind of sick and and just wanted to make sure that 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 wasn't a problem. She wanted to rule that out. So she, uh, I answer and she doesn't say much. I'm like, like, well, how's it going this morning? And she said, well, I, uh, I'm just leaving the clinic here. Um, my strep test was negative. My COVID test was negative. Uh, My pregnancy test was positive. And (laughs) I slammed the car from casual. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I slammed the car from reverse to park and I said, whoa, 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 say that last part again. She says, my pregnancy test was positive. I'm like, <gasps> this, I'm going to be a dad. And I, you know, total disbelief. And um, the funny part is though, is she started kind of feeling sick and nauseous and stuff. And, and this was like two weeks before I, I actually left to go judge a show. And I said, are you, can you, have you peed on the stick? Can you maybe try that? Just let's make sure that you're not. And, and then like go get pregnant or, you know, COVID texted and, and she never did. And then, uh, yeah. So that <laughs> is like, hilarious. Well, yeah. wait, what you came, you gave us our wedding gift. You were in town for something. Oh, the, we were, the we were, bridal wedding shower. Or your bridal shower. Yeah. Emily's bridal shower. Yeah. And th- this is how I found out or we found out. Uh, they got us, the edges got us a incredible uh, cowhide rug that is now the centerpiece of our home. Anyway, um, and in the card, they said, you know, really nice letter or a really nice card with love. 
Taylor, Corey, Roxy, and Baby E. And Emily freaked out. And I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and then I had to read the card and figure out what happened. But uh, so excited for you guys. Got all kinds of good stuff happening. Like you said, uh, you know, we got to reflect in 2020. It's pretty good stuff happening. Well, um, that that isn't all news that needs to be shared here on today's podcast. Trevor, you've got some giant news of your own. Why don't you tell the good people what's going on in your life? That is true. I'm doing it in the reverse order of uh, of Mr. Edge and the baby announcement. I do not have one of myself, uh, just precursor. Uh, but I'm not putting this out on social media quite yet. Uh, when I'm allowed, I will. But I just received a or accepted a new job offer uh, with the Ohio Farm Bureau. I'm being an organization director. So really excited about that step in life. I'm uh, going to be over in the Carroll counties, or Carroll County, Tuscarawas County, Jefferson County, and Harrison County are my territories for those who know the area on the eastern side of the state. So we're actually going to be moving here, hopefully, uh, pretty soon. i got to be a little bit closer to the office over that way. So really, really excited, man. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, how to... A lot of, uh, actually, as we speak, I'm down in the Columbus office and had a good orientation yesterday. So um, lots of lots of exciting stuff, and, and I'm pumped for it. Well, and, and the people should know that uh, you also, because of your move, you have a spot now to have some show pigs. I do. Yep. It's uh, a lot more land than what we have here. It's not in town. It's a little bit more rural. And um, got some wooded land, so can hopefully harvest some deer out of there. But yes, we've got uh, a what is now shop that will be show barn enough uh, enough land to put uh, a potential sow house or five or ten or twelve. And um, yeah, we're we're gonna. That's the plan is to get into that business as soon as our life settles down a little bit. I mean, I'm doing all the new things: new wife, uh, new job, hopefully new house here very soon so you know what's next new puppy i'm sure that'll happen (laughs) (laughs) well um i will say the edge household is very excited for trevor um and just know for you folks in the livestock industry um just because trevor is stepping away from a permanent position within the show stock world does not mean he is stepping away at all uh if anything i could see trevor getting even deeper into uh, the, this industry that we're so obsessed with. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Definitely still, still very interwoven. I'm never going to leave the, uh, the industry that I've never left before as far as job goes. But, um, what's nice is I'll still have weekends, evenings to chat with my families and stay involved. So really excited. So big step, big step for, for Kirky. What's your, what's your title again? Organization director organization director man look at us doing big kid stuff i know i know we're actually as we speak we've got a meeting in less than 30 minutes so we're doing big boy things so we are, we are doing big boy things um well let's um we've got a lot to be thankful for and and again uh reflecting on the year 2020 instead of looking at all the bad things let's look at all the positive things that have actually come of this year and lessons that we've learned and maybe you're having kids or, and, and geez, I became an uncle this year. That was really Heck cool. Yeah. 
Heck yeah. Uh-huh. And also, like speaking of good things, yeah. Uh, for those who are wondering, we are not doing dedicated December this year. It's the January journey. We've talked about that in the last episode. Still going to have the same components. Going to eat better, work out a little bit, read a book, and we'll we'll just do that next month. So, Corey, before we introduce our guest, uh, let's do a little bit of hats off. Brought to you by Fierce Threads. I'm going to tell you, you guys need to check out the Big Paul Lifestyle. Uh, new website. It's very slick, easy to use, great Christmas gifts. And if uh, you've got your own brand, you'd want to put on some material, you need to do it first threads. I mean, holidays are coming up. Christmas time's right around the corner. That That's the prime gift. What cool gift to get dad or brother, sister, mom, whatever, to have their logo on something nice. And you got to do it first threads. Well, there's no question that the Big Paul Lifestyle Company website, the new one, is absolutely incredible. So if you're interested, go to bigpaullifestyle.com and check that out. Uh, make sure that you've got uh, your banker called and let them know that you're going on a shopping spree. Yes, do it. All right, Trev, hats off. What do you got? Well, I, th- I don't know if I've done this yet or not, but every farm needs one. It's the handyman. My hat goes off to you because every farm needs to have one. When a water line breaks or the tire falls off the bobcat, something stupid, got to call the handyman. And specifically, I think we've done this before, like the skilled position thing, a welder. Oh, man, if you're a handyman and a welder, you're employed for life. Uh, But my hat goes off to the handyman because no matter the weather conditions, no matter the time of year, you, you're, you're the guy. You're the woman. You have to know what you're doing. you got to keep things together there at the farm. So hat goes off to you, handyman or woman. Yeah. All right. Well, funny you brought up the hand, uh, the handyman or woman, because uh, I was just thinking about this the other day with the cold weather change and snow and ice that we got here in central Indiana mm-hmm. this week, Trevor. My hat goes off to you, the bucket waterer. Oh, yeah. The person that is so dedicated to making sure their livestock are watered during the cold months of winter and maybe you don't have access to a heated watering system uh, or an indoor watering system at that. Uh, my hat goes off to you for making sure that uh, your livestock stay hydrated in cold weather. How about it? Yeah. Oh, speaking of heated uh, systems, I bought heated socks the other day. Didn't know they existed. Walked into Cabela's, and their battery-operated socks, whoa, opening day was clutch. I had one pair of socks on. You know, usually you put, like, four on to stay warm. All I had was this one pair of wool socks that have, like, these really neat uh, things on top of your foot. Click a button, and, oh, my gosh, nice and toasty. It It was awesome. So, all right, Corey, let's do what you do best and bring in the guest. (laughs) Nicely done. Uh, Folks, we have got our first native from the state of Idaho on the podcast, a young sheep producer whose family has absolutely killed it in the Dorset game. They have done an awesome job of assembling a large group of females in a short period of time 
Also, this week's guest happens to be the person that gave us the book for our January journey, and that is Atomic Habits. So, obviously, a very, very, very well-read human, somebody that has been a past state FFA officer, national FFA officer candidate, and all-around good person to talk to. Welcome, our friend, living in the Smurf Turf country, Mr. Caleb Johnston. Corey, you lined up another good one, and I'm pretty excited about it. An Idaho native, as we said in our intro. Uh, but before we get into uh, the details with Caleb here, I want to do a breed him, ship him, show him, because I think uh, he's one that's going to be wanted to included in this uh, breed him, ship him, show him. Um, so for those listeners, typically, you're used to breed him, ship him, show him in the intro. Well, we're including the guest this time, per Corey's advice, and, and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Got a real stumper here from uh, Jared on Facebook. So thank you, Jared, for submitting this one. We did swap one out for this Freedom Ship Show just to make it that much harder uh, and also throw in an additional million-dollar buck. So the reason we wanted to include Caleb this week is because it's a it's a sheep-only Freedom Ship Show. Okay? So it's a sire edition, and I know we talked about not wanting to do this, but this is a very good sire edition. For breeding ship and show them. So Caleb, we're gonna throw it to you first because I want you to answer. I've got maybe a quick opinion that I've developed over the course of the last three minutes as I've heard about this. Um, Wait, here we go, Corey. Yes, we gotta we gotta tell our folks our oh, segment do. sponsor, of course, Formula of Champions. Guys, you guys know about it by now. You need to go to formulaofchampions.com and search the amazing products that they have. They're sweeping the Midwest. Take a dive into their Champions page, and you're going to realize you're going to need to be a part of the team to, that buys Formula Champions feeds. Of course, brought to you by Colin Bach Feeds. So, now, take it away. I did. I think I just saw that uh, Formula Champions released a new product or going to be releasing a new product. Yeah. Uh, cherry, something with cherries. I like. Do you think, Jeff? I like it. I don't know. We're doing really good with our sponsorship. But anyway, <laughs> um, Jared on Facebook su- submits a really tough one. So uh, before we dive too deep into the history of um, the the young history of Caleb Johnston, Caleb, prepare yourself. All right, here we go. Drop the mic. Trigger. Bullseye. Three bucks that everybody knows about. Breed on, chip one, show one. Go. Okay, I, I have a contingency question first. Can can I can I have trigger when trigger was alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. See, this is this is tough. And no matter what you pick, someone's gonna hate you for whatever you say you're shipping. <laughs> That's why I hate these. They're all <laughs> <laughs> terrible. You have to stomp on someone. Um okay. Uh I'm just gonna go with my gut. I'm going to breed trigger because uh, that is a line that we have heavily in our flock. And that's something I believe in. I am going to show drop because if that thing's cut, he's winning Nally. And I think Tyson rule would attest to that. And if he's intact, you could sell that thing for six figures. And I, 
but you're shipping bullseye. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. Shipping bullseye. Uh, I just don't have a ton of experience with his sheep, so I don't know what he's done. Uh, whereas I've seen firsthand what trigger can do for our, uh, our herd. Um, and drop is just picture perfect as it goes for silhouette. So, uh, I don't even know if I want to touch this one. That's why you I made you do it. You made me, you have to, uh, <laughs> Okay. Um, man. See, the influence of all three in a breeding program will be good. So I don't think you like mess up by breeding any. It's just a matter of which one do you show and which one do you ship. I don't think, I guess when Trigger was alive for his time, uh, absolutely one that you'd probably want to like showcase somewhere um, and try to sell and, and make big money. But see, when he was alive, the money wasn't what it could be today right uh so that's what i'm probably breeding trigger too i probably would do that i might flip flop you though on which one i'm going to show if you show bullseye as an intact buck at like reno mm. i bet i bet that thing make brings some big money too i mean either one of them would i'm just gonna just for sake of arguments i'm gonna because i'm kind of the opposite i've seen more bullseye sheep than drop the mic sheep and so that's why I'm going to flip flop up with you, but you can't really, it just sucks. You got to ship one. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. The words coming out of your mouth just doesn't taste right, but nonetheless, it uh, it's, it's, that's why we do this segment. We, uh, so Kayla, we, we tell our listeners, you know, they send these in, we've gotten away from just the three major sires and it's been kind of fun because you just make up your own scenario. So we like it that way. However, this is good, to, good discussion. And of course, Jared on Facebook, you are now in the hat to draw for a incredible prize pack, a swag bag, if you will. Uh, I feel like Caleb, you're going to get added to the list too now uh, of potential drawings because uh, I feel sorry for putting that one on you. <laughs> it's all good fun. <laughs> well, Corey, uh, let's learn a little bit about uh, our friend Caleb here. Uh, first of all, man, thanks for joining us. Um, it's uh it's a really good time to talk about sheep, so that's what we're going to do. So as we get started, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and kind of how you got your operation going there. Sure. So um, currently, I'm effectively a junior at Boise State studying chemistry. Um, took a year off uh, for a state office and national officer candidacy through FFA. No big deal. Uh, so I should. What's that? No big deal. Yeah, well, no, it's just just took a break. Now that was always hard to explain to my teachers. They're like, you're taking a year off for what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But does, all right, pause real quick. Sorry. Does the blue field look that vibrant in person? Blue field as in like national convention type of thing. I'm talking Boise state. Oh, sorry. Yes. No, it's the Smurf turf. I mean, <laughs> like, like you ask anyone about Idaho, they're like, "Oh yeah, potatoes," or they'll be like, "You guys have a blue football field." That's it. <laughs> they'll, they'll be like, "Potatoes Idaho? or blue field?" Ohio? It's terrible. But <laughs> right, sorry to interrupt you, man. I just I had to ask. No, you're good. Uh, so we'll finish up. Um, looking like spring of 22, I'll finish up my undergrad. Um, and looking at doing grad school, ruminant nutrition. Uh, currently I in Oklahoma state, but we'll see, we'll see where I'm at by then. Um, as it goes for the sheep deal. So, uh, I'm Idaho born and raised, but I was born in Boise, which is, uh, the capital and kind of the biggest city in, in Idaho. 
Um, but both my parents grew up in Eastern Oregon in ag backgrounds. So my dad was involved with ranching and then my mom was involved, you know, raising different, uh, species, pigs, sheep, cattle. Um, and so both of them wanted to, uh, my brother and I to have the experience of growing up on a farm, getting our, getting our hands dirty and, um, seeing whether or not we like that. And so, um, when I was four, we moved from Boise to New Plymouth, which is a small farm town in West Idaho, um, population 1,406, uh, for anyone that cares. Um, and, uh, initially we only had cattle. My dad hates sheep. We'll tell you that to this day. Um, and my grandpa and him were helping a local backgrounder, uh, someone that gathers up groups of animals to send to the sale barn. And, uh, my brother and I tagged along one day and there was a group of speckle face sheep. And so him and I just being bored, we walk up to this pen of speckle face sheep. And of course they were crazy. So most of them just run to the far side of the pen, look at us all bug eyed. But then there was one, uh, and we still have no idea why, but, uh, there was one speckle face you that walked right up to us, walked up to the fence and, uh, let us pet her like she had known us her entire life. And so, um, grandma decided for Easter that year, instead of a rabbit or a chick, we got a sheep, um, for Easter. And so, um, then it became, my mom's like, well, if they have one, the boys might as well have six each. Right. And so we had our dozen plus dolly. And then, uh, and then my mom's like, well, come on, Gary, I got to have my six. And so then it turned to, uh, then it turned 18 and then it turned to like 25 or 50. Uh, and I think we went from, uh, I want to say it was like 25 head to 250 head in three years or something like that. Um, so, uh, experienced a lot of growth. Uh, in terms of being competitive in the show deal or raising club lands, um, that didn't happen until 2013, 2014, when we bought our first buck from um, Matt Kennedy, actually. And then we bought Mountain Man the next year with Fishers uh, from Middlesworths. So um, that's kind of how the sheep deal got started. And it's kind of a spiraled out of control. It's a oversized hobby at this point. So, so you guys what's so interesting is the part of the country that you're in. Um, obviously there's some very talented breeders, uh, in, in your part of the world, but you know, when you, when you talk about, um, that part of the country, you've, it seems like every time that, that we get to catch up at a, at a show and sale or something like that, I'm like, well, how far was your trip this time? You know? And you're like, Oh, 24 hours, 23 <laughs> hours, whatever. And it's like, geez, I would hate to have to travel that far just to go to a show. But obviously if you're addicted to it and you love it and you got to get stuff sold, that's, that's one way, something you got to do. But what is it like living in that part of the country where you have to travel uh, pretty long miles to get to any major and, and uh, what kind of, you know, what kind of practices do you guys put in place to keep, uh, keep sheep put together uh, for a trip like that? Yeah, that's, that's a really difficult question. Uh, most of my experience that I'd be able to speak from um, would be as a breeder taking sheep to a show and sale. Uh, I only ever got to go to Kansas City and Louisville once each. Um, I think it was fall of my junior or senior year or maybe freshman year of college. Um, and so uh, and it was fortunate enough that I, you know, I was able to haul my sheep uh, for Louisville with us to Kansas City and then uh, Middlesbrough were nice enough to to hold those over for the next month for me. So that way I could just fly in and then they weren't traveling, you know, 28 Mm -hmm. hours with me. 
Um, but as it goes for keeping sheep put together, especially little ones, right? You're hauling sheep to these show and sales that are two and a half months old, three months old. Um, and it can be really hard to keep them together. I remember our first time going to Midwest Elite. Uh, we were, you know, those things were skinny. We had no idea on how to keep them hydrated, get them fat enough to look at. And man, you just remember getting absolutely uh, dumped in every class because you didn't know. And so um, <laughs> very steep learning curve to say the to say the least. Um, first thing I would say, uh, we use blue light. It's a, it's an electrolyte you can put in their water. Uh, shout out to Justin Hole on that one. Uh, he was the one that put us on that. Um, they seem to drink that stuff really well and keeps them hydrated. Um, if you're trying to push them and keep them fat, dine in their water helps. Um, we use that a lot cause it's sweet. And so it masks the taste of the water. If you're, you know, you're traveling to different parts of the country. Um, sometimes sheep will want to turn their noses up at the water. And so, uh, that makes it sweet and they can't tell the difference. Um, but really, uh, you can't replace a good drench. And so that's kind of what I've spent the last um, year, year and a half uh, trying to perfect. And I think we're close. Um, and I, I think this next spring, I'm going to release kind of a complete drench mix that uh, what I found is everyone had a very similar recipe. Uh, but the problem was that it took six different ingredients. You know, you had a vitamin pack, an amino acid pack, propylene glycol, you had dine, you know, whatever else. Um, and so it felt like you were in a lab making something rather than, mm-hmm. um, you know, rather than just making a drench. And so uh, with our show families that I helped this year, that was something I noticed is, you know, you're expecting these 12 year old kids to remember six different ingredients and the amounts. Right. And so, <laughs> it was, uh, it was difficult. And so this spring, I think we'll release kind of that complete drench that has everything in it. And then you can add your electrolyte of choice, um, you know, a few days before the show, whenever you prefer to do that type of thing. Um, do, you have a, do you have a name for it yet? Uh, second wind. Oh, second wind. There wow. you go. Yeah. All right. That's what we're looking at. So that's probably there's- the best thing. Just take care of them. Don't pack them in, try to keep them hydrated. There you go. Now, I guess I kind of skipped over something too. Is like you guys partner quite a bit um, with with several different breeders out in your neck of the woods. Nothing that's really on our, um, I guess, on our outline here to talk about. But we talk about partnerships a lot when we ever, whenever we have somebody uh, on the show who is involved in several partnerships. Um, what was that like for getting you guys? Obviously, that that number of growth. Um, that you experienced, you know, uh, a few years ago, what, what kind of, you know, sparked interest in that, that overgrown hobby becoming more, uh, having to be more business-like, uh, with partnerships and stuff like that. What was kind of the, the catalyst for some of that stuff? Yeah. So, uh, at that time, my brother was getting close to graduating. So we, my parents definitely wanted him to be able to be more competitive at shows, Um, but they could also see that I loved it a lot. Um, and a piece of advice that, uh, a local breeder, Bud Beatty, that, um, has since retired from the whole livestock deal, but a piece of advice that he gave us was like, you know, you either need to get in or get out. Like if your kids are just going to show, then it's much better to buy weathers and be able to pick and choose and get the best one you can. But if you're wanting to, you know, if it's important for you to raise the ones that you're showing, then you got to go all in. And so uh, that was kind of the discussion that was had. And 
man, I can't, you know, and it's, it's a lot easier to justify a $20,000 buck when one, you're splitting it with someone. Um, but two, you're, you know, you're using him on 200 plus use. Um, and so that'd be something that I would speak to is that finding good partners is worth its weight in gold. You know, fishers have been incredible to work with. You never have to worry about whether or not they're going to take care of the buck, you know, that he's going to come back skinny and sterile to you because they take care of their sheep. Um, you know, that they're going to be fair. They're going to work with you on breeding schedules. Um, and the same would go to, you know, Allison Smith, she's clear in Kansas, but we've been able to make that partnership work well as, um, too. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how that evolved. Very cool. I, uh, I am very excited to see, uh, and we'll get to to talk about your Dorset program later. But uh, speaking of Allison Smith and Fishers, who are very competitive in the Dorset arena, um, you guys have have owned some bucks with them, and and owned some bucks with them that I'm anxious to see uh, some sheep um, for this 2021 year. Uh, boy, I'm, we'll get to that topic later. But anyways, um, very cool partnerships, like we've always talked about, is the key piece is getting those people that you can trust. Um, and, and usually most of your text exchange is, Hey, did you get them settled? And when can we pick them up? So, yeah. Yeah. Which saves a lot of headache. I mean, we talked to even Clay Elliott has a really good partner and, you know, I think it's, it depends on, you know, what your goals are. And once you get your, your stars aligned, then, you kind of benefit each other instead of somebody taking advantage of somebody else. Folks, we've got a new sponsor. So I want to take a minute and you're going to want to listen to this. Ag Butler. That's right. Do you need help building fence or doing chores so you can take some time off, take that family vacation you've been waiting for? Do you need help in the show barn or on sale day when you don't have enough people rounded up? Are you looking for new work opportunities yourself? Ag Butler is a mobile app that connects farmers, ranchers, and agribusinesses with a network of local laborers. Their system allows you to find help right from your phone. That's right. That thing in your pocket or the thing that you've got plugged into your stereo listening to this podcast right now, it can get you work. Their system is incredible. In other words, it's Uber for agriculture labor. It's free to make a profile. The app is clean, easy to operate, and connects people to a network of high-quality labor. Ag Butler enables farm productivity one click at a time. Get signed up today. Visit agbutlerapp.org. That's A-G-B-U-T-L-E-R-A-P-P dot O-R-G. Or contact them on social media with an at symbol, Ag Butler app on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let's get back to the show. One of the things we wanted to talk about was, you know, you wouldn't think on the top of your mind that mm, I'm going to go to Idaho to go look at sheep. So yeah. the question is, how do you get people out that way to visit? And what kind of marketing are you using uh, to kind of get those people's eyes on your flock? Or, uh, you know, it's really not on the way to anywhere. So what are you doing to kind of get people's attention and, and get people to stop by? Yeah, that's uh, hands down. That's our biggest challenge because um, I know, like there in Indiana and Iowa and Ohio and the Midwest, you have people coming through because that's just kind of a hub for livestock. It doesn't matter the species. But um, what's kind of a fun fact about our stretch of Idaho is 
in about a three hour period, you can hit um, four breeders and see um, anywhere between 500 and a thousand lambs, Wow, um, which is, which is big for Idaho, at least, um, you know, SRV scaled down. That's why that number is smaller. But at one point SRV was running 600 U's. Right. And so, um, mm-hmm. that's shameless plug there. Check out the Northwest, right there. There are livestock being raised out here and there's, <laughs> there's enough dense around Boise that you can fly into Boise and see, uh, a lot of sheep in a pretty narrow stretch, but you're absolutely right. You don't go, yeah, Idaho, let's, let's go look at sheep. Um, and so really you, you kind of have to hustle. And so, um, you know, it takes asking people if they want to come out and look at sheep, you know, it takes, uh, collaborating with other breeders. I know, um, you know, between like Fishers and SRV and us and Maven camps, uh, and T Waltz at the time, they've scaled down some since then, but to get shell house out, we're like, look, we'll pay for your flight. Just come out here, look at the sheep. Um, you know, another, another way is literally just getting good pictures of those sheep. I can't tell you how big of a help it's been. Um, there's a local photographer here, uh, bias Maggie Molson that's kind of taken our pictures to the next level because most people don't ever get to see them besides those pictures. Um, but even, even after that, like, uh, it just takes, you know, basically cold calling people. So that snowball you that, um, Bryn Shuey showed and she won, I don't even know how many shows, I think it was 16 or 17 shows that she won with that you, that was the fourth person I had gone to asking if they wanted to show you. Right. And so what I would encourage a lot of, especially young people, there's a lot of young breeders that are hungry and doing things the right way. Um, but don't, don't let, uh, humbling yourself and asking someone to come look at your sheep or asking someone if they want to show one of your use, uh, don't let that get in the way, right? Like don't let your pride get in the way of, uh, asking people because how are they to know that you're doing something good with your program unless you put yourself out there? That would be my biggest piece of advice for those wanting to market that are struggling to get people to come to their area is let people, you know, take a chance on you. You know, if you eventually, if, if you reach out to enough people, there'll be someone that gives you a chance. And if you are doing things the right way, you know, that, that will generate more business in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost that word of mouth will travel fast. If, you know, if you're a guy that takes care of people and, you know, it's a good time, you know, rather they bought anything or not, you know, that, that travels, Hey, I didn't buy anything, but if I needed one here, here's where you need to go. Like that, that travels real fast. Yeah. I will say, I will say another thing that I've obviously the, uh, the edge crew never would have gotten to know the Johnston family had it not been for, um, Midwest elite. And, and I, we first met you guys and I think we bought a ULAM off of you and like, geez, when was the last time that Midwest elite was in Richmond? Oh, that'd have been like 2017, maybe maybe yeah so and and that so it was probably maybe the year before that or so that we had had actually um even saw your your banner or anything like that and and heard of johnston club lambs and so um you know then we buy a ulam from you guys and and that's really how uh, i think we got connected the first time and so it also goes to show that one of the things i think you guys have done extremely well is you travel you go, uh, you go where the sheep are, you go where the people are. And, uh, I think that's probably been part of your success too, is just uh, getting out there and, and going to these different show and sales, uh, events like that too. 
Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of funny you bring that up. So on the regular, we'll, we will go to uh, between four and six show and sales. Uh, and on average, those are over 20 hours away. So it does take traveling, but like you were saying, you know, we wouldn't have been able to meet you guys had we have not been in Richmond. Huh. What awesome. is the fur- what is the furthest one you go to? Oh, Young Guns might have been um, Young Guns or uh, Indianapolis is pretty far. I think yeah. that's twenty six or twenty eight or something like that. So she was. But they're they're all over twenty. You know, Sedalia is twenty four. Uh, black and white's 25. So that's wild. Absolutely wild. Well, um, obviously there, there's a lot, uh, involved with, a with your guys's program from, from the blackface sheep, uh, to, to Dorset and Dorset influence sheep. Um, one of the things we want to touch on, obviously you guys have had, um, a pretty good amount of success with some bucks that you've bought in, uh, recently, some stuff that you've raised. Um, uh, would you, would you say right now with your blackface program, uh, that, uh, Larry and magic are probably like your one, two punch for 2021. Uh, unfortunately magic decided to, uh, have a hernia into his testicles. So he had to put, we had to put him down. Um, Ooh. Yeah, but thankfully, it from what we got out of our sample size, we have a lot more faith in the Larrys in terms of how we uh, how we like our sheep to be made. Um, yeah, Larry. So Larry Bird probably got the first most, followed by um, Flintstone that we bought uh, and owned with Middlesworths. Um, mm-hmm. As it goes for the Dorsets, Pipe Dream easily got the most. Uh, I think if he does what I think he might. And what it's looking like his November group might do, um, I think he might be a big, a big hit as well. So, well, speaking of pipe dream, um, something is in his pedigree that I think the uh, if you're involved in the Dorset weather sheep game at all, you have heard of Rudy, um, a buck that you guys own. Um, do you still own him in partnership? Uh, no. So we, we bought him actually at Sedalia. He was one of Fisher's consignments back okay. in 2016, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Rudy, obviously one of the, the most popular Dorset, um, bucks in, in the country, I would say. Um, and one that has done an incredible job for you guys, uh, and others that have used him. Let, tell us a little bit about Rudy, um, what it was like in that buying process. Did you know, obviously Fisher brings him, uh, out to a show and sale, uh, and you guys buy him there. Um, maybe could have saved you a little bit of travel money. Had you found him closer? Uh, <laughs> did you see him closer when you first started? And then, uh, and kind of tell us a little bit about what he's done for your program now. Um, and what kind of influence you've seen him have on the, uh, both the purebred side and making, uh, Dorset Weathers too. Yeah. So mom and I actually saw him at Fisher's place like two days before they left for Sedalia. Cause we didn't go that year. <clears throat> and, you know, it was one of those things that he just looked different, you know, everything from uh, how he was built to his hide, you know, his handle, he handled a little freakier than most Dorsets. Um, 
you know, and we just took a risk on them to say like, oh, I knew that thing was going to be a smash hit. Total lie. There's no way. Um, <clears throat> but he he was different in enough places that um, and we had enough uh, Dorsets at that point. I think we only had eight or ten, but it was enough to where we're like, well, we should probably buy a Dorset buck. Um, and so we kind of lucked into the deal. You know, he worked really, really well. Um, but to say that I was, you know, uh, prophetic about what he was going to do, that, that certainly wouldn't be true. I think a lot of times it's better to be lucky than good. So, um, yeah, he, his females, I think are what's going to continue to be legendary, um, because they just seem to be timeless. And so we're going to keep putting in Rudy semen, um, until we run out to get more females. Um, you know, you talk about, um, just consistency, you know, you, you asked Eric Shellhouse um, what his, one of his best Dorset use would be, and it'd be a, a Rudy Kino. So what's interesting about our Dorset flock is that uh, every Dorset that we've raised goes back to two U's that we bought from Fishers. And so we've got the Kino U and we've got um, the Dusty U. And so every sheep goes back to those. Um, and I think that's helped with our consistency as well, but um, now just Rudy, he, he changed things in terms of rib and look, um, muscle shape. They're just, they just look very different is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. We were going over this outline and Corey was like, dude, you've got to put the Rudy buck on there. One more pause in the action, actually just an additional one, but you guys know who this should be. It's phantom halters and it's the ultimate cable halter. Yes. Sheep too. Whether you're in the barn or in the show ring, Phantom Halter will help showmen of all ages control their animals. The Phantom Halter was developed with both the showman and your stock in mind. This halter is smooth and not prone to fray like other cable halters on the market. The Phantom Halter is better for your animal as it does not aggravate them or bother them in any way. Folks, you can use this style of cable halter both in the show ring and in the comfort of your own Show barn. That's right. With this style of halter, there's no need to place a show halter over top of this halter. Just attach your choice of lead and hit the ring or wherever you're taking your livestock out at home. For cattle, there are three sizes to choose from. There's no tools required to change out the halters or to get them on and off. They also have two sheep and goat halter sizes available. Go to phantomhalter.com. If you don't know how to spell phantom, Google it. To place your order, go to phantomhalter.com. Use the promo code STOCKTALK, all together, all lowercase. That's S-T-O-C-K-T-A-L-K for a 5% discount on your next order. Go to phantomhalter.com today. You mentioned that some of those females that, that kind of go back to that. And I don't think we talk enough uh, on this show about some of the female base. Uh, with the guests that we've had on here, I'd love to get back in touch with some of those uh, so we're going to take the full advantage of you this time and talk a little bit uh, about that female base. And and I guess it, it doesn't happen overnight, although you you had a lot of growth early in your flock numbers. But talk a little bit about the emphasis you put on that female base and, and maybe advice that you'd give to others when building that flock, going back to those two U's. Um, and, and how do you kind of, uh, today, how have you kind of learned uh, to put that U base into play. Well, for me, um, 
I, I, I care more about the maternal side, honestly, than, than what buck they're out of. Um, you know, if someone tells me, oh, that's a, out of so-and-so, but they don't tell me what mom is, I'm going to ask them what mom is. Um, because I, th- I think that's the key to consistency. Mm. So it, when you look at uh, some people that model it to the absolute best, you look at Middlesworths, when you look at back at their donors, almost every single one will go back to foul or will go back to that 9169 stud duck you. And so on the outset, when you're looking at their website, you're like, oh, they bought a buck from Harold. They bought a buck from Johnson. They bought a buck from Impact. How are they having so much success? Well, it's it's their female base. And so that's kind of what we've tried to uh, model ours after is in, you know, just like I said, in the Dorsets, basically every single you goes back to one of the two matriarchs. And then when you look at our blackface sheep, every single you goes back to like one of four or five you families out of, you know, out of our 225 blackface use. And so um, invest in your female base. You know, I, I know it's tempting, especially for new people that if you have just a lights out you lamb, it's so tempting to take that thing to a sale and have everyone drooling over it. Um, but if, if you know that she would help make your flock go forward, I, I would urge you to keep that thing. Um, you know, you look at another person that values their, their females. That's Al Schminke. Like I have been to his place four times and I have listed over 30 you lambs tags and every single one that I liked, he's like, mm, can't do that. She's one of my females I'm keeping. Hmm. He's, you know, this many years in one of the very best breeders, you know, if you saw the, um, the rare opportunity bred you sale, he averaged over $2,000 on those use, right? Because people know that Al Schminke is going to have top tier females. Mm-hmm. And so um, if, and that's, that's something that's interesting. And this is kind of a side tangent, but as we get into the age of AI, right, everyone's using, um, you know, these up and coming bucks. And I think it's, I think that's an incredible opportunity. If we had that opportunity and we were getting in, you'd be able to make quantum leaps much sooner and much faster. Um, but what I would urge a lot of breeders is invest in your U base and, and know what they need. I think, I think a mistake that a lot of people make is, Oh, I'm going to buy semen on insert, you know, whatever hot buck because they liked his, they liked his, uh, picture, yeah. you know, uh, because he's the hottest cause everyone else is breeding to him. Well, yes. If, if you made a U that is, uh, going to compliment him, well, that's going to be lights out, good, perfect compliment, should be a home run. But if you're just breeding everything to this buck because he's the hottest buck, you're, you're not thinking critically about uh, progressing your livestock. And so that's that would be my uh, advice as it goes for females. Invest in your females. You you can't you can't go forward unless your foundation goes forward. Whoa, good stuff. Uh, we've talked lots. Uh, you know, off air with, with different breeders. And that seems to be the trend. Uh, I think if you've made it this far and listening to stock talk and you don't get it by now, um, that is exactly it. And your comment about our, uh, our industry, the sheep industry getting more and more, um, you know, AI heavy, there's, there's all kinds of AI sires out there. We listed, um, if trigger would have been alive today, who knows how much semen would have sold on him. Um, but if you think about, 
the opportunities that breeders have to mate to the most popular bucks. You're absolutely right that if your female base uh, isn't solid and, and consistent, then uh, knowing who to breed to kind of becomes irrelevant. So, yep. well, um, let's get into another segment. Uh, I'm very excited about this one. When I, when I texted Caleb to see if he was going to get on the show or was able to, uh, I said, I have a great breakdown segment for us. So let's get into it. Trevor, play the music. Of course. The breakdown. Brought to you by Brad Huff Ford. Yeah, it's it's rough when we get this uh, internet delay. I think we talk over each other a little bit, but yeah, whatever. What you shouldn't delay is getting to Kokomo, Indiana, and pulling out of that car lot with a brand new vehicle at Brad Huff Ford. Folks, they have award winning customer service. You know about it. Corey knows about it firsthand. Check them out. Brad Huff Ford, Kokomo, Indiana. Yeah, I get to uh, pick my car up. Um, I believe as we are penetrating people's ear, eardrums, um, I'm probably picking up my car, smoked a deer, uh, like less than a month after owning it. So, Hey, that's one more than I smoked this hunting season. So good job, bud. I know you were supposed to get one back for me, but you didn't. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Caleb, real interesting conversation. And if anybody was, uh, that's listening was in attendance at Louisville, and uh, watching the Market Lamb show, I'm not going to describe to you what happened because I feel like you know uh, when some of these breed sheep got into the show ring. Uh, but interested to get Caleb Johnston's hot takes on Market Lamb breeds. Uh, how, how are we keeping them competitive? How are we keeping them relevant um, when you know we we are in a uh, an industry that registration papers on market lambs uh, are absolutely useless. We go by a classification system. Uh, Caleb, give us your thoughts on breed sheep in the market lamb ring. I'm, I'm not sure too many people want the hot take of a 21 year old, but um, what wasn't, yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned Louisville. There was an interesting discussion that happened after Louisville. And I think both, uh, both opinions were right because on one hand it was uh, a frustrated breeder and I won't say the breed because then you're just going down a rabbit hole but there was a frustrated breeder that said man we really need to maintain the integrity of classing these breeds so they at least look like their breeds um, and then the other hand uh, Titus brought up a great point that he said you know th this is a good thing to have all these breeds it's good to have you know, shrops, oxfords, crosses, and hamps for those blackface sheep to go into. It gives kids more opportunities to be successful. Um, and I fully agree with that. Uh, where I think the discussion point comes into play, you know, registration papers on market weathers, I don't care, right? Those things, they're terminal. Yep. They're going away. They're not going to be uh, propagating. Um, but what I will say is I think there should probably be some different standards or more strict or consistent uh, classing standards put in place. Um, cause I'm not going to lie when I, I had, I'd missed a lot of the show. And so when I popped on the, the live stream to watch the final drive, I, you know, there was like four or five different lines. And I'm like, ah, what, what breed is that? What, yeah. what am I looking at? You know? And that's, that's totally understandable for the blackface breeds, right? Like I understand that there are not too many 
uh, true Shrops or Oxfords left. I understand that Shrops, Oxfords, Hamps, and Crosses are probably going to look pretty similar. But uh, there was a couple other that you're like, man, what is that? And so then you have to wait for them to announce what breed it was. And you're like, oh, that's what that's supposed to be. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're sitting there and I, I think I think we can do better on that. Um, now, I'm not saying we should maybe go Texas major strict because you have a lot of those fine wool breeders getting their sheep classed out. A lot of those South End breeders getting their sheep classed out when they know that they're pure. Um, but I do think there's there's room for improvement on that one. Um, when it goes into the breeding ring, I think it gets a little different, you know, cause, cause those are sheep that, uh, are going to produce down the line afterwards. And so, um, you know, when you see, uh, like a furry Suffolk, I don't know, that's, that's a little worrisome for me for that thing to have papers or, um, you know, there, there have been some Dorset Rams, we'll put Dorset in quotes that, I know for a factor five eights Dorset that have papers. And so um, what I worry about is not necessarily, oh, that's unfair, but there are going to be people that don't know that those things aren't pure and they're going to be purchasing them with the intent of uh, breeding them with pure livestock. And then when off-breed character pops up, they're going to be like, holy crap, where did this come from? And be completely blindsided by it. And so um, like as a Dorset breeder, I'm fully aware that the Dorsets we have are not 100% Dorset. I know that there's some blackface. I know that there's some Southbound. Um, but as long as we are involved with it, I want to be, you know, above board, straight laced and do everything by the book. I want to breed Dorsets to Dorsets. And as far as we know, uh, I, I want those things to be pure. Because um, it's one of those things that, you know, if, if I go win a Dorset U show with a U that I know was nowhere close to pure, uh, that, that, that win feels a little hollow for me, you know, and we talk a lot about integrity and raising kids to, um, you know, to have character and be all these good things. But can, can you say that if, if you're lying through your teeth on a registration paper is probably what I would ask. I could not agree more. Um, my, my, I, not necessarily a hot take, but my take on the, on the, uh, quote unquote, you know, breed market lamb arena, um, consistent classification standards. And, and in my opinion, if, and I'm not like sh- taking shots at anybody, I'm just saying it and speaking in generalities, if you're going to be on a classification committee, like there needs to be like a legitimate, uh, you know, whether it be a certification program or a test or whatever, uh, but just to get some consistency out there, I mean, you see um, Suffolk and South Downs and uh, Dorsets and um, who knows what the heck a shop or an Oxford market lamb is, um, you know, and for that matter, even, um, you know, some, sometimes hamps could get a little dark headed or, or whatever, but it, it's just be- being consistent, I think, is the main thing. Um, I am all for providing opportunity to youth exhibitors to have a chance to win and be competitive in a breed and, and maybe even slide into the top five of a show uh, with a breed sheep. But, uh, yeah, if we don't figure out how to get consistent, uh, it, it's going to get maybe a little bit out of hand. I think we've already seen it get that way, especially in in certain breeds. But, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I'm very much in favor of, 
your uh, your comments. Um, yeah, especially on the breeding sheep side, that's uh, pretty critical in my opinion. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm not a sheep kid, but I'm always amazed how um, you can make one not look like it's breed and then class something else. But, um, you know, I, I kind of see both sides, but I, I'm in the, the same ballpark as you guys. So it's interesting uh, being an outsider, I'll call myself. Um, but, hey, I guess good ones are good ones. Folks, I just thought of another good Christmas gift. Oh. Tarbell Marketing and Design is where you need to go. And how are you going to gift this? Well, you're going to tell them that you're a new customer if you are. And if mm-hmm. you are, you're going to get 15% off when you say you heard this ad today on Stock Talk. That's a good deal. You can do ads on Facebook. You can do marketing campaigns. And yep. Jace Tarbell is going to help you out, do it one way or another. He is the yeah. leading technology and livestock savvy at that. Tarbell Marketing and Design, folks, is where you need to go. Go to choosetmd.com today and look at the amazing art he's already put together. And he can do it for you. Check it out, folks. So, Caleb, as we wrap up here, um, we appreciate uh, all this discussion. It's really uh, fascinating stuff. But we ask all of our listeners here in Season 2 the last question, and that is, what lessons has the stock show industry taught you? Yeah, I've been I've been thinking on this one uh, and probably the best example I can give would honestly be myself. So uh, Corey and I were talking about kind of some embarrassing uh, pictures of me when I was just starting showing, you know, like picture perfect Freddie 4-H'er type of thing. Um, but with that, when I was eight, nine years old, um, man, I was I was a whiny kid that thought the world was against me. Uh, that as soon as something didn't go my way, I wanted to quit. Um, and that's like my first year showing sheep. I got drug around the ring. I was crying. My knees were skidded up. My hands were all scabby. And I swore I was never doing sheep again. Uh, but my mom is super mom. And so she miyagied me into continuing to do 4-H, right? So she was one of those moms that was like, uh, you know, for example, when you're little, she was like, okay, do you want me to carry you to your bed or are you going to walk to your bed? But regardless, you were going to your bed, right? And so is that equivalent for um, 4-H and continuing to do it? And I think what's incredible about livestock is you will not find a better vehicle uh, for youth development. Like it, it, it brings out the very best in kids. Um, and, you know, I, I work with... Uh, call it about, about 10 kids, 10, 15, uh, kids. I help with showmanship and feeding and whatnot. And even just looking back to the beginning of the summer in terms of their confidence in their abilities, uh, their drive to do their very best in everything they're doing, their focus within the ring, setting goals, right? Like looking forward into the future of what are we going to do different next year to have more success? Um, it's insane because by the time you get out of that program, by the time you graduate high school and you go to college that freshman year, when I went to college my freshman year, I lived on a floor in a dorm with a bunch of kids that didn't know how to do their laundry, much less, uh, you know, know how they were going to pay for school and be responsible with debt if they had to take it on, have the drive to uh, keep up on all their classes while working a job. You know, there's so many things and there's so many, what I, what I find is in, in, I'm going to say our generation loosely, um, is that 
you know, I just like on Twitter yesterday, I saw like five different tweets of like, man, can we just throw away the next five weeks of this year um, and try again? Or, oh, I just have no drive. Like, am I burnt out after coming off a of Thanksgiving break? And what, what I see is that there's, there's a lack of discipline and uh, showing livestock is the best way to harness your mind, take control of it and be able to do your very best because let's be real. No one wanted to wake up at six 30 before school to feed animals. No one wanted to do that. Uh, I did not want to show sheep again after getting drug around in the ring, humiliated and crying when I left the ring. <laughs> but when you do these hard things, when you discipline yourself and uh, when you teach yourself so many applicable life skills, you come out the other end and you look back and you go, holy cow, look at how far I've come. Because I know for certain I, I would be nowhere close to where I am today if it wasn't for the livestock industry. Hmm. Boy, that's good stuff. And uh, shout out to your mom for uh, for being that person to, to give, you, give you that kind of encouragement. Um, Mine, like with my mine, a lot like yours was the same way, you know, <laughs> always an encourager. Uh, but hey, let's let's bear down and do this deal. So this episode is packed full of great advertisers. Mm -hmm. And here's one that's been with us for a very, very long time. Legacy Livestock Imaging. Oh, yeah. No question. The leaders in ring shot photography, backdrop pictures, wedding photography, on the farm, in the barn, you name it. They take the pictures, they get them edited, they send them your way. And they also have incredible galleries of artwork that they do for businesses and that you can personally purchase to hang on your wall. Sure do. Get yourself a canvas. Get yourself a nice metal print sign. Or just order a regular picture and frame it and hang it on your wall somewhere. Give it as a gift to your grandpa or your mom or your brother or that uncle that you don't know who to shop for or how or what to buy them. Here's your answer. Go to LegacyLivestockImaging.com today. They are the best in the business. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Charles and Heidi, for your continued support of Stock Talk Podcast. Good stuff, man. Uh, we really appreciate you having uh, the time to do this. And uh, when Corey set this up, I thought it was going to be a good one. And uh, glad I got to quote unquote meet you <laughs> online here. And uh, hopefully we can get, get to a show all together and, uh, and talk a little bit more about it. So we appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on guys. Well, um, there's no question that I'm having a hard time imagining your mom be um, just real hard disciplinary because she's such a sweet human. Um, but I, I could also imagine her, uh, making sure that you stuck with it in the, in the show ring. And obviously that paid off for you in the end. So, um, very glad that you were able to join us and, uh, hopefully we will see you at a show or event sometime soon. You bet. Thank you. That is a, a youngster, Corey. But my gosh, uh, good on the microphone. Quite a good speaker and knows his stuff. Knows his stuff for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Well, when, when Caleb was running for national office, obviously we were we were pulling for him here at the Edge Ranch. But um, clearly uh, someone deserving of, of being a national officer candidate for uh, the FFA organization. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm telling you, if you guys have not been paying attention to 
what the Johnston firm in Idaho has been doing recently. Um, you know, both both in their blackface and Dorset uh, speckle programs. Check them out. Um, go on their website. Look at their lineup of bucks. Um, they, they they do an awesome job. Uh, they're great people to work with, and uh, you know, a, a young industry uh, professional that I think uh, you're going to hear a lot from as he continues to breed livestock. Heck yeah! Yep. Good stuff. Um, I wanted to personally thank everybody who purchased on our, I'm going to call it Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale. Um, our blowout sale was awesome. You guys are great. Got that stuff sent out a couple days ago, actually. So it should be on the way. Um, and yeah, a lot of a lot of exciting stuff happened at the, in our intro, Corey. So good time to be live, my man. That's right. And uh, for those of you wishing 2020 away, I encourage you to reflect That's on right. all the good things that happened to you this year. So with that being said, Trevor, do what you do best and send these good people on their way to the rest of their week. Well, folks, we appreciate another week with us here at Stock Talk. We'll see you next one. Gotta go.